have a guest today I'm excited to talk to and hear. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> That's the only time I've ever known and what was going on. Drum roll, drum roll, drum roll. We have juror number nine with us. Hello, everyone. <laughs> juror number nine. Yeah, I didn't know Kathy as a name. When you're in trial, it's really just juror number nine, juror number five. Like, you just refer to them by number. And Kathy was juror number nine to us. So, for weeks, I looked over there. Kathy was juror number nine to us. And I, the entire time, was like, what is this jury thinking? So, you know, Kathy, our listeners have followed this. If they are listening today, they have followed along <laughs> for a very long ride and a crazy <laughs> journey. And it's been up and down and emotional and funny at times and sad at times and incredibly tense. But we never knew what the jury was thinking. And there are a number of times that I'll say, I wondered what the jury was thinking as the judge said this or that. And with all the objections, would you just share with us, like, your perspective? Also, Pam would be like, and out the jury went. They got sent back to the room because of this. Or now they're back, and now out the jury went. A lot of timeouts for us and for the jury. So we have lots of questions for you, so go ahead, take it. Sure. Juror number nine, go. <laughs> all right. So when I got chosen for the jury, which was actually in my opinion, uh, sort of a miracle in itself. I'm just going to very quickly run through. I got the first notification in November to with a gigantic questionnaire. Log on, fill this out. So I did, and I've made the comment to my husband, and we still laugh about this today. I'm like, I feel sorry for whoever gets on this jury because it's 45 minutes to fill this questionnaire out. I am not okay. kidding you. Yeah. Send it away thinking I'll never hear anything from it again. Well, I'd like three weeks later in the mail, I get another one. So I fill that one out and then another one. So then I took three trips, three trips down to the courthouse. Got in the final pool of the 50. Well, what made it so odd is I was working on my master's degree in curriculum and development instructional strategies at the time. And I was like, I kept telling my husband, I'm like, I feel like I'm going to get picked for this. And I just cannot do school and this jury at the same time. If I'm going to be on this jury, I need to give it my all because these men deserve okay, it. Okay, stop. Yeah. You're a teacher yes. and getting your master's and you're afraid you're going to get pulled for jury duty. Uh, so I was teaching actively okay. at that time. Because my kids, I have two daughters who are now 19 and 18, but one of them is a high-functioning Aspie. Uh -huh. Okay. So I didn't actually go, oh, she had graduated high school, which was two years okay. ago. So I told my husband, I said, I cannot do this trial adequately and work on my master's. So I actually took a three-month hiatus. Oh. Wow. February before I even got chosen. Oh. Like, I took this from school because I'm like, I might get picked for this jury duty. And if I do, I will not be able to do the school. So I actually took a hiatus before. Before I even knew I was getting chosen for the jury duty. Wow. Okay, eight days later. Wow. I had explained at the beginning when we started talking about our perspective from the jury selection. And I said what I wanted was people that are educated because they tend to be more open-minded. That doesn't mean that people that aren't educated aren't. But as a general yeah. rule, they are. Like if I had been able to see an interview with you, I would have picked you in a hot second. But we can't do that. It's just from the questionnaires and Listening to you, I'm like, oh my gosh, what a godsend. Yeah. I, I fought for you, Kathy. I fought. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> we were thankful you were like, there. Yeah, I feel like God just really seriously chose me because all of the, it just aligned perfectly. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. Oh, I get chosen and then I obviously I go home and tell my husband, I'm like, well, I'm sorry you're eating pizza and hot dogs for the next two months. So. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks to be you. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, basically, and he was so gracious and wonderful. He made sure everything was taken care of, and I didn't have any concerns. But I did do that. I devoted um, all of my time to make sure that I was following appropriately what I needed to. And the first week in the box, I was like, I was so confused because they had like conspiracy for these couple of things and then false statements for these things. And I'm like, this doesn't tie together at all. This makes no sense with what they charged basically, you know, because yeah. it was like a couple of things on here and a couple of things on there. This doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So I would spend pretty much from about 2.30 when we got out of the box until about six o'clock every day through the entire trial, I would go through all of my notes. I don't know if you remember this, Pam, or not, but I took notes. I do. Oh, wait. Wait, will you explain oh, that yeah. as a juror? I didn't know you could take notes. So would no, you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do they give you like a notebook? Yes. We had yellow legal pads, which we were not allowed to leave. The, obviously, the jury room, they had to stay in there or in the courtroom with us. So I would spend from about 2.30 until about 5.36 in the evening going over Wait my notes minute. from that. So you stayed at, yeah. in the courthouse every day after? Every day. Oh Were my you gosh. the only one that did that? Yes, I was. the, And that's why at the end, honestly, and I can't talk about deliberations, but at the end during deliberations, I had all my ducks in a row. Wow. And how many jurors were there? Well, there was 15 total, and then 12 of us actually deliberated. But there was a lot of contention in that yeah. room. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, about I'm sure. Screaming, yelling the whole night. You, you ever see the movie 12 Angry Men? That's what, that's what we Wow. That's what okay. We, wow. The gentleman who was sitting in the room that was holding onto our cell phones and stuff, he must have been like, what is going on in that wow. room? Right. <laughs> wow. There was a couple, like, almost fisticuffs, and I'm not kidding you. It was really wow. contentious in that. Not wow. me, but with a couple guys. It was pretty contentious. But anyway, I did. I sat in there for about four hours every day, cross-referencing what I had learned that day from everybody before that. And then we had a couple of whiteboards. So every day I would put up on the whiteboard who the, basically the witnesses were for the day, sort of a summary of what they had said, the whole nine yards. So wow. everybody in the, had an idea of what was going on every day because there were so many witnesses. You couldn't keep it all straight, yeah. you know? So at the end, I think I had like eight full yellow legal pads oh my gosh. of notes. And I colorized them. Like Jeremy was orange, of course. Yes. <laughs> right? You know? Yes. So every time Jeremy was up there and I took notes, he was orange. Marcus Mumford was green. You know, yeah. everybody had their own color. So when you first went in as a juror, did they give you all these colored pans and all of that? Or did you find after the no. first day... You were like, wait, I can't keep track yeah. of who's doing what. That's exactly what it was. Like after my first day of taking notes, I was like, I've got to find a better system for this because it's going to be a gigantic task, basically. So I just went and bought a whole, you know, a stack of colored pens, okay. basically. I still have those. I've kept them. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is fascinating. It is. So literally by the end of the first week, you know, I, I really wanted to chat with my husband, but obviously I couldn't. But I'm thinking to myself, this doesn't make any sense. I mean, what they charged, you know? Yeah. And I thought, I'm like, is this just kind of like they're throwing stuff out that people confuse so they don't know what's going on? And that's kind of felt through the whole trial. Ah. I felt like the prosecutor was just basically baffling people with BS. Oh. You know what I mean? To try to the result. I really felt like that because half of the stuff, like through that one day where they just showed pictures of constant UPS stores and things like that. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like half the jury is asleep. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? at the beginning. And yeah. we, we skipped over yes. a lot of that. And I told them, like, their strategy the first week was to bore the jurors to death. And so they just say, fine, please, we'll vote guilty. Just please stop boring us. 
you know, I'm like baffled. I'm with BS. Like I said, yeah. you know, wow. at the end, all of the documents that they brought in, you know, because we had floor to ceiling boxes of documents at the end of the trial. And I was like, all of that is BS. You know what I mean? It literally was just, I think, to, well, like you said, to either bore them or to just go, there's just too much it's information here. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. And it was. It was totally overwhelming. And, and remember, if we're everyone listening, all those times that I said that the government would object to our exhibits coming in. But they were literally getting thousands of exhibits coming in. And that's what Kathy is talking about. They don't have them in the jury room until it's time to deliberate. But then when it is, Mm -hmm. those go into the jury room with them so they can review them. So then they have all that crap in their room to say, well, look at this piece of evidence and look at this. And I truly believe, number one, that they charge so many counts so it would be overwhelming. And there was so much money involved. I think they hoped that you guys would think, well, you know, we don't understand it. It's so overwhelming for all of Mm -hmm. us. And there's so much money involved. Like, the average person doesn't make millions of dollars. Nonetheless, tens of millions. Right. And so I think they hoped that the money and the number of counts and the number of exhibits and evidence that they threw in would totally confuse you guys, overwhelm you. So you just say, we don't understand it, but there must have been something that happened. To bring all this stuff. That's exactly what happened. It literally is exactly. And honestly, if I had not spent all the time I did going through all of the documentation, that's probably exactly, honestly, what would have happened. Because in the end, there was literally five pieces of paper that I had on the table in the jury room. And I won't talk about the discussions. Because they were like, well, they must be guilty of something. And, and again, exactly because of what you just said, because of the magnitude of everything. And I had these pieces of paper on the table. And two of them were exhibits from Jeremy's side of the case. And then the others were like from the prosecution. And I said, these pieces of evidence right here give reasonable doubt. I said, if you can give me solid proof that they did this, I'll sign guilty all day long. I said, but these five pieces of paper... Tell me that there is reasonable doubt that they did not commit the crimes that the government has said that they did. They may have done something else. I don't know. But they certainly didn't do that. Okay, so I'm just curious. And honestly, I have tears in my eyes just listening to you talk and your devotion. Because without that, I mean, the outcome was hard enough as it was. But without your strength and courage, they would be in prison right now. I have no doubt about it. Yeah. But those five pieces of paper, to think that to you the case came down to five pieces, oh my gosh. Do you remember what those five pieces are? Can you talk about them? you think that's under the gag? Well, I remember one specifically, and it's actually the one that finally got everybody on board. Their one piece of paper, and it was an email. It was from another company to Jeremy Johnson's company uh-huh. stating that, yes, we can divide out your Processing. companies or what. Mm-hmm processing it's regularly done to figure out you know what's going on what's going wrong someplace else these are our fees attached to it wow. look this right here shows us that this was common practice yeah. this was it may now but at the time this was common practice and everybody was doing it otherwise they wouldn't have offered him that option yeah. in writing said, in writing so now the government to come back and say that that's illegal when somebody when a lawyer offered it to them for a, for a cost, you can't do yeah. that, you know? Really the one thing that finally everybody was like, well, yeah, that's that's true, that's true. Wow. So that teased me off because of the whole, it was an intent. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Like Jeremy should not have done even a day, in my opinion. But we had no choice, and I couldn't, I, I could not figure out a way to back around that. Right. Because everybody was like, well, there's no intent. There's no intent involved in that. And I said to them, I said, you know, has any of you ever rounded up your income on a loan statement? Because you just did the same thing Jeremy did. You need to go to jail too. And they're like, well, that's not the point. The point is, you know, dot, dot, dot. And I said, well, you're right. So I have to say guilty yeah. to that, you know? So later on, my husband was like, you should have just done jury nullification. What <laughs> so, is that? Uh, that's when you don't agree with something, I guess, as a jury, and you can say no to it. Mm -hmm. agree. I forgot that exactly you, that what That you it nullify was. what happened in there. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So if I had no time, I would have stood for that, but I didn't. So, and that's but... the hard part. That's the other thing I want the listeners to understand is juries get in there. And I had a murder case that we talked about earlier where something similar happened where the jury was arguing about the verdict, they could have been deadlocked and had a hung jury and asked a question and the judge said, no, you got to agree. And the way that the judges answer the questions, I don't think they're very good at explaining what options jurors have as they go through mm -hmm. the process. And so what happens is you get juries that just want to get out of there. I mean, for, geez, mm -hmm. you guys have been there for a month and a half. You want to go home. You want to get your freaking lives back. Yeah. And I don't blame you at all. I really don't. But but when these judges, and I know in this case, there was a question that came from the jurors. I've already talked about it, that you guys asked, could we be hung on some counts and not others? And the judge, in my opinion, he didn't answer the question. He kind of answered it, but he didn't. He said, read the jury instructions. Yep. And that's bullshit because he should have said, Yes, you can be hung on some and unanimous yep. on others. Yes. But it's, yes. And that would have changed our outcome. And I believe that's why he answered it the way that he did. Oh, I agree with you 100%. I, I think he was concerned that he, they were going to get off. Yep. That the one way to get them to not be, basically. So I agree 100%. And I, I'm still annoyed about that, but I can't do anything right. about it. It is what it is. You're one of 12 that are in there deliberating. I know you can't talk about that, but were there mostly men, women? So I, I think I can tell, just no yeah, names, no, no, obviously. No, 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 we don't so want names. When, when we first got into the jury room, basically, like when the case was given to us, um, we all sat down and for that first day, we actually didn't look at any information or anything. We just kind of talked about what we felt about the case, right? So we're all sitting around is the table, because it's a big table, a tiny room though, tiny, tiny yeah. room, big table. So when everybody, you know, puts out what they think. So it was myself and two other jurors who were like, let's put the brakes on. But honestly, nine of them were like guilty, 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 guilty across Holy the board crap. right off the bat. Oh, yeah. All counts, everything. Guilty across the oh board. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> nine of them. So the fact that we got to where we did in five days is astounding, in my yeah. opinion. Does it have to be equal, like six men, six women? No. Five, no. I think there was three women, right? Yes. Nine. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, three. Okay. Basically, we're breaks on and see. Let's talk about things before we just, you know, do that. Yeah. So when I turned, basically, I was like, I'd like to reserve until the very end because at this point, I had already heard. You, you know, knew where they were, right? And I was like, oh, they're gonna hate me. Right. Right. <laughs> that was very wise of you, juror number nine. Like, I'll just wait, you know. So I did until the end and then I went in and I'm like I respectfully disagree with everything most of you just wow. said you know and they're like, ah, 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 of course and I'm, like, well, I'm in awe 
that you that uh, yeah. you oh my gosh it makes so, me anxious yeah, like I'm yeah it does i feel yeah so I i'm like oh, I'm like, oh my gosh, the my tension stomach. because because like at this point you must have felt like your friends because you've been sitting with them all day every day for a month and a half we get connected to people yep lunch every day at that point you're almost like siblings yeah, right seriously. Yeah. But that room was very small i mean our jury room it was tiny we had Oh, yeah, it's tiny, yeah. you know, so you're there's really any space to move around in yeah. there. You're at the table. So, yeah, it's very hard to go. And I'm sorry. I love you, but I don't agree with yes. you. You know what I mean? Oh, my gosh. I am constantly <laughs> impressed with your courage. I really oh, okay. am. And, and your knowledge. I want to go back a little bit. I'm curious about what did you think you guys had to notice that they were objecting to literally almost every single question? I mean, I've, I've been doing this 30 years. <laughs> and I've never had a trial go like this ever. Yeah. What did that, did you guys notice that? Did you notice all the objections? And then anytime that our guys, we would object, it was overruled? Yeah, absolutely. I, well, I did. And I, I think a lot of them came in with the idea that, you know, he's he's a big millionaire, so he must be guilty. So I think a lot of them just didn't even think about such things. Mm-hmm. But honestly, every time it happened, that the more that happened for me personally, the more I was like, something's going on here. The government is, for whatever reason, I don't know why, but the government is out to get these men. Wow. And I need to figure out why, because they're not going to prison on my watch. Because it is. It's, the jury is your watch. That's your watch, yeah. right? These are people's watch. Yeah, I'm fire military. You know, I'm like, that is not going to happen on oh my, my watch. Gosh. unless I, seriously, I, I'm probably going to cry through this whole episode. You are. I am just. Grab a <laughs> tissue, Pam. Grab a tissue. I, five. like, I'm just in awe. <laughs> when people have the courage to do the right thing and that it's a woman like you go girl like oh my gosh i'm so proud of you i really am Uh, on tv you always have a foreman (laughs) did they have did you have a foreman in there yeah actually for like two and a half days i kind of sat and was kind of quiet because the second day we started looking at information right pulling pieces apart well as a jury we determined that there was no no fraud right Uh so basically it's a house of cards if there's no fraud everything else falls apart yeah right there if there's fraud there's nothing else else yeah okay but the whole jury they literally wanted to go and they did like i kind of sat there and i listened but i didn't say a whole lot for like two and a half days because then they kind of went through each little piece of information and eventually came to the fact that no actually there's no nothing with the exception of false statements so two and a half days was kind of just you know, spent with the jury going through each point and what have not. So, but by the end of it, some of them, like I said, were still kind of on the fence. And that's why I pulled out a couple of sheets of paper. Well, I had Jeremy's binder in front of me and I said, guys, I said, just look at this. There's like one binder, one binder of information. That's like what an inch and a half thick versus the government's wall of information. Thank you. Thank you for pointing that out. Seriously. When she says that, that's like the defense. Those are our exhibits. That's all we got in. Wow. That's all we got in because they denied everything else. Yes. I could literally count the pieces of information in this one binder for all three men, not just Jeremy, all three of them, one tiny little inch and a half. And the government had an entire wall of information. I'm not wow. kidding. It really was insane. Yeah. So I took from Jeremy's binder that, you know, a couple, like two pieces from there. And I can't remember what the three from the government were, but they were the pieces that I used in the end that I just spread across the table. And I said, this right here is your reasonable doubt right here, yeah. right there. All you need, all the rest of that is garbage. And we argued about it. I can't lie, yeah. you know, but finally 
admit they had i'm like look if this was common practice and somebody was offering them this service for money the government cannot come back and say that's illegal you know what i mean so because it was illegal at the time and that wasn't why he was doing it it's very clear he was doing it in these emails because he was trying to figure out what was going wrong with the processing and and who was the bad characters wow so what was your opinion of marcus because the way the judge and the prosecutors treated Marcus, calling the U.S. Marshals on him, I don't know if you remember, they had Marshals standing next to him because he kept asking questions. He had the audacity to keep asking questions when the judge told him not to. What did you uh-huh. guys think of Marcus? Um, I thought he was incredibly brave. And I thought, yeah. you know, there's... I thought there's something going on. If the government is trying to shut these people down so hard... In the background, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you know, we all know what was in the background. Yeah, at the time, I was like, "Are you kidding me? What is going on?" When Judge Nuffer making those comments about, "Well, you want to make sure you get that in the record for the appeal," I was thinking to myself, "What kind of judge says that?" Oh, you know, I'm so glad you got oh, that. I have, I have yeah. said that. Oh, yeah. Every time he said that, yeah, I'm like, "Oh, no!" Like that's making the jurors think that he's planning on a conviction. What do the jurors think yeah. of that? Oh no! Yeah, that I tell you what, Judge Nuffer's behavior came up more than once during no our time kidding. in the jury. No kidding. Oh, absolutely, because you know, well, if the judge thinks he's guilty, he must be. Yeah. And I don't think judges realize that when they do things like that, it really sways people. Because if it's just like when you're a teacher, yeah. right? You have to be careful with what you True. say because your word a lot more weight yes. than your average person does to that human exactly. being. Exactly. That's why a judge should never make comments like that. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Wow. It's, different. Oh, it's it like re- the biggest authority figure in the room for all of us. So, yeah, yeah it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell, what did you think, standby counsel that sat by Jeremy and Ryan, did you understand their role was basically to sit there and look twiddle cute. their thumbs? <laughs> like, you, like, what did yeah. you guys think they were doing there? They were non-entities, honestly. Yeah. It, no, I referred they... to them as they were as effective as if they just put a stuffed animal next to them in the chair. <laughs> and so I'm glad you said that because they were not helpful to us at all. And I think they should no, have they been because they were still making like a thousand bucks a day to sit there. Give me a break. Like you guys are making money. At least advise us on this issue or this issue, and we get little mm-hmm. to no help. Yeah. Like, if they really were, I don't even think we even talked about them, even one time, honestly. Okay. Well, that's interesting to know that yeah. they were just like, I, I don't know what they're doing there, but yeah. they're not a part of this. That's good, though. What did you think, after their expert had testified, then when we get our expert on, he was only on the stand for like a few minutes, and then the prosecutors ask a question, and they remove you guys from the room. It had to be like a really long break for you. I think we made you stay out of the room. And I say we, I mean the judge, had you stay out of the courtroom for like 30 minutes or something. And then when you Mm -hmm. came back, he wasn't there. The judge didn't explain anything. Yep. Like, what were you guys thinking at that point? We were all kind of confused, you know. I'm Obviously, so some of the jurors who were all like, you know, I don't care. I'm just done. I want to, you know, they were perfectly okay with that. Because in their mind, they were guilty. They were just going to say guilty to everything already. Right. When they, you know what yeah. I mean? So I don't think that they cared. But myself and the other two jurors who were like, I'm not so sure. Let's put the brakes on. We were all like, what's up with that? Yeah. And honestly, after the fact, we found out when we found out what he was the expert was going to tell us that this was common practice was which is what i had already figured out through my own devices and looking at all the information and stuff 
that would have been significantly helpful in the jury room so I wouldn't have had to fight so hard, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. which is okay. I did and I was willing to do it. But it would have been a little bit nicer to hear that from an expert. Like, oh, oh yeah. this is just common. It's not now, yeah. but at the time, that's to the wild west of the internet, yeah. you know, so. And I talked with another juror afterwards and like sometime afterwards and they said for them when they came back into the room, they didn't know what happened, but the tension, what you guys didn't know is what had happened that they denied us our expert and then denied us basically any other witness because we didn't have one lined up. He was our last witness. He was our expert. We were going to wrap everything up with him. And so we were devastated. Like I'd never felt more defeated in the whole trial than at that moment. And I know Scott, that was the only time that Scott Levitt cried. That was the second time I cried in trial. I, like, I never knew what the jurors, what, how you felt. But to hear, I know one juror explained, they felt like there was so much tension in the courtroom when they walked back to their seats. They said, it felt like I had to actually, like, take a knife and cut through that tension just to get to my seat. Wow. Like, it just felt <laughs> so, so heavy. They didn't know what happened, but it was really, really heavy. I just, like, I'm in awe of the courage of you guys to do that, to fight for what you felt like was true. Tell me when, like, what did you think of Ryan Riddle's testimony? Ryan de- oh, testifying, oh, he had to cross-examine himself. He had to direct exam himself. Uh, and it <laughs> and it was, like, really awkward. And it was one of the funniest times I've ever seen in a courtroom, actually. Yes. Yeah, that was funny. And was it difficult for jurors that Jeremy didn't take the stand? No, nobody expected him to. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't even, honestly, no, it wasn't even expected. It was never, you know, never brought up. Okay. So, and the my Scott, Scott, like, we never, like, from the very get-go, yeah. like, the very first day, Scott was never in danger. Uh, uh, the very first day when everybody was like, guilty, 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 guilty. But as soon as we actually started looking into information and stuff... Uh-huh. It's never in any danger whatsoever of any conviction after that point. Wow. So I know he told that, but he wasn't. Right. We were all like, okay, he did not do any of these things. So it was very clear. Yeah. But it was Ryan and Jeremy that we were, again, the, the whole false statements. That had, they had signed those applications. They had signed, yeah. We had no choice, literally no choice, which drove me insane. And I don't know so. if, I think you're probably aware of this from talking after trial, but we had a witness from Wells Fargo Bank that had filled out an application one week before trial that that Jeremy said, I don't know how many employees to put on there. And she said, it doesn't matter. Wells Fargo doesn't even, we, don't, we never even look at that. And he said, well, I don't know how to fill it out. And she said, I'll do it for you. So she filled one out and she just randomly put a number of employees in the box and emailed it to mm-hmm. Jeremy. And then they approved his merchant account. That was one week before Shh. trial. So, of course, we subpoenaed that woman, and we Mm -hmm. had the recording of that conversation that Jeremy had with her explaining, like, I don't know how many employees to put on here. The last week of trial, that was when we were putting her on. We wanted her on, like, that last week, right before you guys were deliberating. And the judge denied us bringing her here. We weren't allowed to bring her to trial. And then Jeremy said, well, how will I get that recording in then, of showing that this is how they practice and that to this day, Wells Fargo does business this way. And the judge said, nope, you're not going to get it in. That's not going to come in. When Jeremy got to that witness, the judge asked, who is this witness? What is she going to testify of? And Jeremy explained 
she's going to speak to false statements to the bank. And the judge said, that is the least of all your charges, Mr. Johnson. And Jeremy said, I know, but I want to address every single one of them. And the judge said, I'm not allowing it. Oh, that's, that's awful. Yeah, if you'd had that, that would have changed your outcome. Yeah, it would have. Because then we, the other jurors at that point would have been like, you know, well, this is how they do business. But by the same token, again, you got that silly law right. where it says intent is they do. If banks do business this way, you, you, you should not be putting people behind bars for what is a regular business practice. I agree. In any corporate or any banking world or whatever. That's ludicrous. Yeah. Yeah, well, but you guys know that I filed a complaint against Judge Nuffer with the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals within a couple of months of the trial. And then I had a judge come and interview me about that. And Judge Nuffer's back down in the South now. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So, anything not, but very soon after, because I actually just, I can't say who, but I was not the only juror to file a complaint against him with the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals. So. Okay. Another juror, and I can't say oh, who yeah. it is, but another juror, yeah, complaint yeah. against him with the Court of Appeals. With they, so for for this trial, right? Yeah, oh yeah, for this trial. So, and I had one of the Tenth Circuit judges come and interview me about my complaint and everything. Wow, the so, Tenth Circuit judge yeah. came and interviewed you. Yes. Oh my wow. gosh. Yes. Well, because Judge Nuffer, he was. Notice was the head, you know, you, as you know, federal judge of Utah. He's not anymore. Yeah. So, wow. Thank you for that. Yeah. My pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If that's your pleasure, you need to find some hobbies, girl. <laughs> uh, not a vindictive person, but I feel like. What, what Judge Nuffer did in that case was absolutely abominable. And he shouldn't even, in my opinion, be a judge at all. Yeah. At all. Because he railroaded those men. Yes. Railroaded. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Wow. And that's appalling. So I don't feel all of potentially helping to get him taken off the bench. Not even a little. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Again, thank you for being so courageous to stand up for what you believe. I think he and the magistrate judge also participated in railroading these guys. Mm-hmm. Well, we know why. Just shut them up. Yeah. So that's really what it was. It was all about, you know, shutting up your enemies. Yes. So. Yeah. That's not. That's not cool. So. Yeah. We're not Russia. No. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. We live in America, you know, we're yeah. innocent and right? proven guilty. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. wow. Yep. Yep. I am in yeah. awe of the way that you took it upon yourself. Not only, I was glad to hear that you could take notes, you know what I mean? Because I've, I've done jury duty. It's been a lot of years, but they've never been this intense. Thank heavens. But also how you organized all of your thoughts and your patterns. But I'm in awe that you were able to keep the story straight because there's so many moving parts. And like you said, if you're unindated by one side, it doesn't matter which side it is, this one happened to be the prosecution. Like you said, a wall of information and a binder that's an inch and a half thick. That's, you, that's a visual thing you can't get out of your mind. I'm in awe that you were able to keep your thoughts in order and your convictions in order to be able to stand up and prove some of these things. So, man, 
you've got quite a mind. It took a lot of courage. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you. I said, said, what if it was my husband? You know, what if this was my children and my daughters had to grow up without their dad because of something they didn't do? I have to go to sleep at night. You know what I mean? And with the knowledge of what I did. Oh my gosh. Thank you. How many times I said, I really don't know how the prosecutors, the judge, I don't know how they could, like, if I were on a team that they were just absolutely beating people up like that. And it was so much a, an unfair fight. I couldn't mm-hmm. have slept. I couldn't have lived with myself the way that that was happening. And the fact that most of the jurors initially were like, guilty, guilty. I'm not being critical of that because I really think that society, I, like the psychology of people, mm-hmm. it's so easy for us to get into a mob mentality. Look at the riots that happened just a year ago in 2021. Like if people decide this is bad, like, and they do really, really bad things because everyone's doing bad things. So it becomes okay, whether it's Hitler or the mob thing last year or this process with Jeremy in the trial. It really seemed like the biggest sham of a trial I've ever seen. I'd never experienced it. Think, Like I say, I'm not so surprised by most people going along with it. I'm truly in awe of the people that stand up and have the courage Mm -hmm. to say, I know most of most people think this is happening Mm -hmm. because in your case, Mm -hmm. you had nine jurors that were disagreeing with you, the judge and four prosecutors. That's a lot. That Mm -hmm. is a lot of pressure. And I can't say it enough that I am just in awe of it. And I know afterwards you guys were pretty vocal about comments online and stuff on news articles. Yes. I got home that day, like after we had finished up and got home, I immediately got online and I created my account. But I waited until, because I didn't know Judge Nuffer was going to try to come after me. And he did. He tried after me. I knew he was going to. So I waited until that day. I didn't read anything. I didn't put anything out there. Nothing. I created that account, juror number nine, when I got home. So if he ever went back with his silly little piece of paper, because his gag order thing, I could say, look, I legitimately made it the day after. But then I got online and I'm like da, 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 da. <laughs> right and what she's talking about is that when the verdict comes out and it's all done and the courtroom's packed full and everyone's running the media's running to report it and everything's happening my first thought was oh my gosh like I want to talk to the jurors when can I talk and what, it, like the second that thought runs through my mind then the judge says and there's a gag order in place that no one can talk to the jury in my 30 years of practicing, I have never heard that, ever. Well, I've never actually, heard them. I, I asked and Pam, I, is that even legal? Can he stop them from talking now that the trial's over? I don't think that our First Amendment rights can be... Yeah, while you're a juror, absolutely. Sure. Even in the middle of the trial, if you'd uh-huh. gone on and, and like voiced your opinions, that's not against the law for you. It would mess up the whole trial. Because yeah. our right to free speech is, that's one of our most sacred rights. That's the difference in America and all these other countries. Right. Mm-hmm. We live in America. And so for him to literally try to put his foot down and say, you can't speak, I was shocked. Like, but there were so many things. I was constantly shocked in this trial. And I just like, can he do that? I don't know how he can do that. <laughs> and the only reason that we ever talked is that Kathy had the courage to reach out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm still, I mean, it's what, how many years later? I'm still under that gag order. Yeah. And he'll never release it. Yeah. And I just don't know how he could lawfully put that on there. But he is a federal judge. And I think it goes God, federal judges. 
<laughs> in their minds. <laughs> And then a prophet of whatever religion and, and, you're involved yeah, in, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 and then the Pope, and then the yeah, you're like <laughs> whatever. No, I. But I do believe there are some federal judges that believe that, and it's scary. That's a really scary thing when someone like that has some power. And he came into the jury room, and he was really super nice and pleasant. Uh-huh. Um, now gave us uh, all a packet with I think all the newspaper articles from the trial on a disc. Mm-hmm. Um, as well oh, as did you read those? Uh, no, I did. I mean I read them in the paper. I didn't read because, them all. So and what she's saying is, so during trial they're not allowed to read articles and everything else, right? Okay. But I told you it was front page news. Uh-huh. And it was like the lead story in the news every day. And I've had Tom on here and I've been giving Tom crap about some of his headlines that he had. And <laughs> and because some of them, I'm like, what the hell, Tom, you put that as your headline? That hurt. It might be true, but it hurt. Like, what the heck? And so the jurors can't see that. And you know, that I, that's going to bring another question up as soon as I finish this point. But they can't read it. And so what happens after it's all over, then the judge, and I'd never seen a judge do this. I thought it was very nice that he did. He had a packet made that all the news articles, everything that they had missed after their verdict came in. Then he said, here's a packet with all the media that you missed that you were part of. Oh, okay. <laughs> So then my next question is this. When you're part of a case that is that big, it's front page news. Do you just, you cannot watch the news at night, I guess? How do you do it? Mm-hmm. See, now, for me, it wasn't that hard because I'm not a TV person. I've never had been. Oh. Like, I don't even own until I was, like, in my 30s. Oh. Like, legit. I've heard about people like you. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. <laughs> That's why you're smart. I get it. <laughs> it wasn't hard for me. We don't get the paper delivered. And I told my husband, I said, I really need to remain pure for this. And so I said, you can read it, but please don't tell me anything. We'll talk about it afterwards. Yeah. And he was good about it. Wow. I wanted to keep myself completely unbiased. Yeah. I really did. Yeah. Oh, I did. I'm the, very impressed. Because I'm like, I know the government is out to get these guys. And they're going to probably be putting in negative information in the paper because that's how it works, you know? So I was like, I'm not looking at anything. And I legit just didn't wow. know. See, so. I'm more like mm-hmm. I'm more like the Joey Tribbiani character from Friends when he walks in a house and they don't have a TV. And he says, well, mm-hmm. what does your furniture point to? Like... <laughs> 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 well, the other thing is he did, he squirreled the jurors away so we could not see the media basically afterwards. Like yeah. we, the jury room, we went into a, like a service elevator all the way down to the basement yeah. and we walked underground all the way across to the other, like the old courthouse building, uh-huh. went out on the other side of that road. Oh. So we were like two full blocks oh, from okay. where the media. Oh, yeah. Because he did not want us coming out, I'm sure, oh, and yeah. getting questioned. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. I so, think yeah, is, they... is nice because, you, you mean oh, once, yeah. the, once the yeah. verdict went in or every day you were escorted out? Oh, no, 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 no. Just at the end. Oh, after okay. The oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just at the end of the verdict, that's when we, but every day, well, by the time I left every day, everybody was already gone. Right. Sure. So. Yeah. You're overachiever, so. you. <laughs> yes. It was funny uh, I was leaving one day about 5.30 and I walk out of the juror room and there's Ryan and Jeremy and Scott and like the whole crew, right? Uh-huh. And everybody, might have been there, Pam, I can't remember, but everybody just kind of stopped and looked at me and everybody sort of took three steps back. Yeah. Oh, like, like don't, don't get, even say yeah, hello. Oh. She's, oh. It's, no, we can't. Like, no, it's so hard. Mm-hmm. Like, I hate it. I really, it's the most awkward thing of all for me in trials. 
because I really want to yeah. be a friendly person with every person, <laughs> whether whether they're a juror or not juror. Even with the prosecutor, you'll you, you really need to listen. I, there was a time I was actually praying so I could have better feelings towards the prosecutors in the middle of trial because <laughs> right. I was really really not liking them at all. And so yeah. I tried really hard. So then to see a juror, I'm like, no, because I can't, yeah. we can't interact. Oh, no. I worry that the way, that, especially this trial, if they had seen a, me smile or something, they'd be like, she's trying to influence the jury. Steps back and I went to the, let, the, let me get on the elevator first. And then, <laughs> but it was, they were all like, oh, don't, yeah. you know, like I was you know, <laughs> a bomb about or something. Yeah. yeah. Funny. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it it's a crazy thing. Um, okay, do you remember the testimony of Lacey? Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> that was one of the articles that, that with Tom. I'm like, oh my gosh, Tom, did you have to put that on? That day was one of our very hardest days. And I, what you don't know is Marcus had actually tried to interact with her attorney that morning, and he wouldn't. He's a defense lawyer, and he actually treated Marcus really bad. And I had done the trial with him prior, and so this really surprised me how he was acting. So Marcus had bad feelings towards him, because he literally said, like, you want to talk to me? Then you have to come over to the prosecutor's table and talk in front of them. What? That, like, before trial? It was the weirdest thing. Like, what the hell? No, we don't talk about our strategy in front of the prosecutors like you're an idiot like what the heck and he knew that i really to this day don't know what the crap he was doing when he did that wait is this the girl that said she took the fifth she pled the fifth and it stopped the whole traffic okay stopped the whole thing then the judge gave her an attorney and then when she came back with the attorney that was the experience marcus tried to talk to him and he wouldn't talk to us he was being a real real jerk in my opinion and then so then Marcus didn't want him around the defense table, but you guys didn't know any of that that had happened. And no. d- tell me, did you know, could you feel there was like tension during her testimony? What what was going on in your minds did, with that? And what did you think about her pleading the Fifth Amendment? Did you? I thought it was irrelevant. Okay. No offense against her, but I was like, what? Is, she doesn't have any bearing on what's going on, in my opinion, anyway. Amen, sister. She had to do with anything other than the fact that they were trying to make him maybe look bad through her. Uh-huh. That's what- oh, my gosh. I can't believe you saw that. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was so blatant. It was like, how do you not see that they're literally just trying to make him look bad through something else? I'm like, this has no bearing on our case whatsoever. She shouldn't even have been there, in my opinion. Wow. So, wow. How I felt about it. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, I don't even recall a whole lot of notes on what she said because I thought she doesn't have anything to do with the entire situation. So, why is she even here? Oh my gosh. You know? Yeah. That's very so true. Interesting. Yeah. So, oh, so interesting. Yeah. So interesting yeah. that you figured that out because as we're going through it, I don't know what a juror is going to pick up. So, then my next witness I have to ask you about is Andy Phillips. Phillips, Phillips. Oh, he was the car the... flex guy. And he's the guy, oh, okay. he's the guy that said that I thought Jeremy was so reputable and then he darn near ruined my company. He played the victim. He's the one who basically told Jeremy, this is how you need to deal with this. Yes. And then later. Then lied about it. And later flopped and said, wait a minute, I didn't say that yes. or whatever. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yes. Well, there were two of them. Actually, Martin Elliott from Wells <laughs> Fargo Bank did that. Uh-huh. And we had a recording to impeach him. That was like the very first day of trial and the ju- the government objected and the judge didn't understand impeachment evidence so we couldn't bring it back. So we had to bring him back five weeks later when we got our case. 
And I think it lost yep. its momentum with you guys because we had this smoking gun. Because and... now I think I remember that because I remember thinking because rem I made all these notes, right? I would cross-reference all of my notes. And that's why, you know, as the trial grew, I was there longer and longer. Every oh, I'll bet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. When you guys brought him in and I went back to his testimony because I'm thankful I have a the, the Lord gave me the ability to, to write and be able to listen at the same time. Wow. So I would take shorthand notes on almost everything that was being said yeah. as well as listening. So I went back and I looked at his testimony from when the prosecutor had him up and then when you had him up. Mm -hmm. And then in my mind, I was like, okay, he said this and then he said this. He, As far as I'm concerned, that nullifies any testimony okay. he yep. gives me. Yeah. So, so in that one, point, in that case. Right? Yeah. And in that yeah, case, that we had the recording with it, Martin Elliott. With Andy Phillips, we didn't have a recording. And he was actually a defense witness. I don't know if you remember him. Do you remember his testimony at all? I think I just ixnayed him as well, mm. you know, because you can tell right off the bat, in my opinion, anyway. Now, the one who really struck me as the most honest yeah. witness that up on that stand was the young man from the Mach 1. Yeah. Was it Jeremy? Shane Fisher. Sure. Jeremy girlfriend. and Shane Fisher. Yeah. Jeremy's girlfriend. His oh, Rachel. Wasn't she Rachel Grover. Yep. Those two, I was like, those two people are honest and upfront. Wow. You could tell by the answered the question. Wow. So I really held a lot of what they said. That's funny. Because you can know right off the bat when they get on if they're, you know, arrogant yes. and, you know, or if they're, oh my this gosh, is, this is That's so funny that you said so, that. Yeah. Like when we started the, at the beginning of this series, I had the same comment. I said that the people that, the government witnesses that told the truth were the Mach 1 guys, mm -hmm. were Jeremy and Shane Fisher. Jeremy yeah, yep. those are the yeah. most wait for their testimony because I was like, you know what, this, you know, they're telling that you can always, almost always tell just by someone's demeanor and how they're answering questions, you know, if they're trying to be truthful or if wow. they're trying to be sly, yeah. you know, wow. and unfortunately the government had more sly than they had truthful. Oh, didn't they though? <laughs> and see, I didn't know well, if you guys would, would get that because so often people yeah. are fooled by stuff and I, yep. I'm just way impressed that you guys could see through it because lord knows we didn't get the evidence in to back up what we were saying so no, you, you had to just fly by the seat of your pants for so much of and and just feel it just feel what the witnesses yep. were saying Jeez. yeah well i used to pay close attention you know and i i love my other jurors but a couple of them literally were like well i slept through most of today how about you <laughs> yeah you know? yeah no no and they weren't kidding part of my job is to watch the jurors to see like Who's paying attention? Who isn't? What is and it like to try to read? To. Yeah. yeah. And there were times I'm like, I honestly think that juror slept like through. I don't even think they got it. Yeah. And sometimes I didn't care because it was crap that they were putting on. But when it was good stuff that we're putting on, I want you to be <laughs> awake. <laughs> like, exactly. like, don't sleep through the good parts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hello. That well, and also we had like two jurors, and I obviously said no names, of course, but we had two jurors who at the end were basically were just like, Well, I'll just go with what everybody goes with. Wow, like literally, wow, <laughs> yeah, because they just didn't, it was too complicated and they didn't want to put in, you know, it's a lot so. of effort. And mm -hmm. I've said all along, I thought that was why they did everything the way they did the government. And I kept telling yep. Jeremy, he'd say, It's gonna be all right, and I'd say, Jeremy. I don't know that it will. They're trying to overwhelm the jury to show how much money you made to make it so vast that it's so overwhelming that they just say, I can't think about it. It's too hard. 
let's just say guilty, something must be wrong. And that's exactly, after the first like fifth or sixth day in the box, I'm like, this is not right. Something is not right here, as well as how they were being treated, you know? Got all this weird stuff going on with, you know, what they charged, how they charged it, why, you know, it made no sense. And then just the judge's whole demeanor towards you guys from day one. I was like, wait a minute. Why is a judge treating them like they're dirt under his feet? Oh, you know? my gosh. And thank the, you. I was like, this is not. There's something wrong going on here. It, no. And honestly, the judge himself gave it away with his behavior. I would not have I mean, caught on to it as quickly as I had if the judge had not been so completely you know, rude. I was just be honest. He was just rude to you guys, rude and disrespectful. And he acted like wow. the prosecutor was his favorite, you know? And I'm like, okay, there's something going on here. So he himself actually gave, gave the whole thing away <laughs> at the get go, to be honest. He doesn't probably doesn't even realize that. Wow. Something's not right here yeah. because no gave this way and all of this information and all no sense. So there must be something under here that we need. There's an underpinning that we don't know what's going on. And of course, I didn't know until after the trial what that was, you know, but there was more than just what they were presenting. So no way these guys are going to prison under my watch unless they actually deserve it. So, and like I said, it still annoys me that Jeremy even spent a day behind, but I couldn't do anything about yeah. it. So, yeah. Wow. wow. So. I thought it was very interesting when you said, Scott, as soon as the first day or two was over, you everyone decided uh, that Scott yeah. was, he Absolutely. just kind of got Not caught up in the sweep, right? Yep. Interesting. Because his name wasn't on any of those documents, right? He wasn't any of that. Because as soon as we'd figured out no fraud, well, there's the accountant, no fraud, no, right? Yeah. So then it down to the false statements, and that was Ryan and um, Jeremy. So, yeah, so Scott was actually safe pretty much from day one of actual discussions. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So. Well, I am highly, highly impressed with the, your yeah. thought process, the way you yeah. organized your thoughts, the way you organized information on the board for everyone. That's that teacher in you. I love that. I do have one question, though. You said that you, it came down to like four or five ex- exhibits. Emails. Yeah, whatever the emails. Um how did you choose out of all of that paperwork? How how did you focus on just those five? Well, it was the things that gave reasonable doubt. And it was the emails that said, you know, other people are doing this. You know, we can do it for you. Quite clear in these few pieces of information that this was a normal occurrence amongst processing world. I thought, well, wait a minute. If they're, you know, if they're offering this service for a dollar amount, how can the government possibly try to put you in jail for that? That doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of finally what it came down to. Okay, this doesn't make any sense. And this, and I said, this is reasonable doubt right here. The fact that they were offered this, that's reasonable doubt that they weren't intentionally doing it. Without that email, you know what I mean? Then it would have been like, oh, maybe it was shady. But the email clearly was very clear about we have issues with the affiliation. This is how we figure out what those issues are. It's right there in black and white. And I am still to this day, and I will stand before the throne of God and ask him someday myself. I am convinced that the one email that they put in there, basically that said uh, it was a negative email um, that Jeremy and Ryan supposedly knew that this was bad or something. Do you remember that, Pam? I The government put in an email. It was supposedly from Jeremy, from Jeremy, basically almost... uh, 
saying that they were guilty of this. I know it's going to sound crazy. Remember I told you there was like two days where they were all going through all of the charges and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, during days, I actually went through, I know it's going to sound crazy. I went through all of the binders of the governmental information. And I was looking at all of Jeremy's emails, mm-hmm. right? Because at the font, I know it sounds crazy. Yeah. Emails were the same font, right? From his computer to Ryan to all of his other things. This email that the government put in, and I cannot remember for the life of me who it, who it was to or whatever, but it was from Jeremy, was a completely different font mm-hmm. than every other email that he had that had come off of his computer. Does that make yeah. sense? It was, I was like, why is this one email have a completely different font than every other email that came off of Jeremy's computer? I am convinced to this day that that was not Jeremy's email, that they somehow wow. put that in there. Because out of every, and I looked, through, for two days, I looked at every single one of Jeremy's emails that came off of his computer. And it was the same font. And this one email, I can't remember well, what it was, but it was it. a complete. Yeah. Wow. Different font. We needed different. you on the defense team, apparently, Kathy. Because <laughs> I, I, I didn't catch that. So I'm glad you caught yes. that. Holy crap. Yes. I, in fact, I told that to the judge, the Tenth Circuit judge, when he came to interview me. I said, I know this is going to sound crazy, and maybe it is. I said, but I spent two solid days looking through hundreds of Jeremy Johnson's emails. Yeah. Hundreds. And the only one that had a different font was the one that the prosecution put in there that the one that's that supposedly he told somebody that they were doing this and they knew that they were doing it. I think it was an email to, oh, it was an email to Mach 1. Yeah. Ask the gentleman oh. from Mach 1. He'll remember what I'm talking about. Because oh, yeah. he said on the, he's like, I have never seen that email before. Remember I told yeah. you he's the one that I yeah. thought was honest? Because they presented him, that's right, it was his email from Jeremy to him. And they presented it to him, and he's like, I have never seen this email before in my life. Wow. Really? So then when it came back to the jury box and I had access to all of those documents, that's when I started looking through. And that email had a completely different font than every other email that came off of Jeremy's computer. Wow. I think that was planted in there. And, to this, and I will stand before the throne of God and say that I think that. I really wow. do. Oh, I'm going to be standing so. right by your side. There you go. <laughs> be like i want to know too and i'll be and, I, and i'll be like i don't know what happened but if it's for a podcast i'll jump in and help <laughs> and i showed the people in the jury as well and they're like that's just a coincidence and i'm yeah. like not hundreds and hundreds you know that's an interesting thing because i use a certain font you get used to uh-huh. your own font and your own the way it looks so that's a really interesting yes, discovery yes i'm planted by the government but we'll never know it wouldn't be the first time I've experienced that. So only damning piece of evidence that the government actually had. Oh, okay. that was it. Wow. So, yeah, that was the one piece that made them look guilty. Yeah. So, I would love to be a I would love to be a juror again, but I don't think I, there's a judge or a prosecutor in the world that would put me on a jury. <laughs> I would. <laughs> yeah. Tell us when you get I flagged. Would. We'll look for you. Yeah, I'll, wow. I'd put you on in a hot minute. I'll tell you that. I've never heard of a juror following the facts and, and like, so diligently. I mean, it was like you were working it like we would hope someone would yeah. because their lives yes. are on the line. Right. But so often people are like the jurors that were saying, like, hey, I didn't, it's overwhelming. It's too much. I don't care. I fell asleep that day. I don't care. Like, whatever you guys say, let's just go with it. That's the yeah. tragedy of it. So for you to do the homework on it, to actually right. do dig in and find out what made sense and what didn't. 
And then to have the courage to fight for what you believed, I'm always in awe of. So. Well, and this could have easily gone the other way. Had you dug so deep and followed through and found, like, wait, they, these guys are guilty all the way across. And now you follow yes. through. Like, like, I love it that you had that intensity and that desire to, just like you said, to do what's right and follow innocent till proven guilty. Because it could have gone either way. But yeah. when the evidence started building, you could see that this was not right and that it was, you know, that these guys were innocent. So I love that diligence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are, are someone's husbands. Yeah. Someone's father, someone's yeah. sons, brothers and whatever. It's like, you know what? They deserve 100 percent of whatever we as a jury can give them to give them the, the, the correct outcome. Yeah. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's I went in with that mindset. So, wow. But Thank you. If they're guilty, then I guess I'm sorry for them. But if they're not, then I'm going to fight like hell to make sure they don't end up in yeah. prison. Because yeah. that. Not... <laughs> wow. So. And you, you did. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. So absolutely. I'm just, I'm glad they're all home. Yeah. You know, I really, they're spending Thank Christmas you. with their family. Children are enjoying them. That's, that's the yeah. important thing. Yep. So. Yep. Thanks for your time on the jury. Thanks for helping us. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's got to be fun for people that that have endured our my explanation of trial this long <laughs> to finally hear like what it was like from your through your eyes. So yes. yeah, that is really cool. Thank you very, for sharing very, your your very thoughts and feelings. Pleasure. Thank you for listening.